Um, I mean, we can open with some bright news, which is that Lil Nas X announced that he's one of us. He came out as bi. Oh, I missed that. It was really funny the way he did it. (laughs) He basically said, I promise this is the last time I'm coming out of the closet. (laughs) It was really cute. Um, But I was was really excited about that. I thought that was a really big deal. And it was it made me excited. He's the cutest. I love him so much. He just gets better and better, you know, like. He's like, but he literally is like so fucking cute. Like, I know his whole being is adorable. Like, he is. I can't handle how cute he is. Like, no one should be that cute. And his face is like perfection, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just like, he looks just like right a beautiful now, so, like, doll. Like, just like, you to, know? like, really be looking at this beautiful man's face. Like, he is so cute. Yes, like, oh. he's the best. Oh. So he's one of us. Got one for the team. Hey. Um, <laughs> I also wanted to, since we haven't caught up in a while, I made note of a couple of trailers that dropped that really excited me. Um, one was, um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Film adaptation. We're uh, finally I, getting oh, one. I haven't, I haven't seen the... I've, I know it's happening, but I haven't like seen the actual trailer. It looks really fun. It actually looks really fun. And they keep like... They're like aware of how ridiculous like some of the stuff in the book is like in a loving way. And it's just and they put like all the really iconic moments that I remember from the book, which I haven't read since I was like a child in it, Um, you know, and they're like, I must, I must, I must increase my bust. Like all the girls are like trying to make their boobs bigger by doing this little exercise. But yeah, that's fun. And I saw like there was an interview with Judy Bloom just basically about like, why is it taken this long? And she's like, well, I was really protective of it. And I just didn't want to give up the rights until like the right people mm-hmm. came by. But um, yeah, so that's exciting. Um, and also, I don't know if you saw this, but I thought this was pertinent to your interests. So History of the World Part One, which is a Mel Brooks film, um, I think everybody just assumed since that movie's so old that there would never be a part two, but a part two is coming out and it looks really, really fun. The cast is really stacked and your boo Jay Ellis is playing Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the scene with him was really, is really, really funny that, that they have in the trailer. So highly recommend checking that out. It just looks really fun. It looks like a blast. I love that. Mm-hmm. Love my boo Jay. Mm-hmm. L- love that for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any things in pop culture you want to um, mention? <clears throat> I mean, you know, I've been following award season. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. People are making a lot of um, the Woman King being shut out of award season. Yeah. I haven't even seen it to, com- to comment on it, but either. I've heard the performances are all really strong and the writing and directing are all strong, so that's mm-hmm. disappointing. Yeah. Um, um, everything Everywhere All at Once is cleaning up. Did you ever see it? I still haven't seen it, which is bonkers, because I've been meaning to see it since it came out, and it came out a long time ago. Yeah, I saw it um, on a like work retreat in the spring. It was a mind bender for sure. <laughs> Um, but all the performances were really great. So excited to see that get sh- that you know film get its recognition. I'm very happy for um, the guy Austin Butler that played Elvis is annoying. Um, I've just why been, do you, I've just, I, why do you I've find him watching clips of him? Well, you know because he like still talks in his Elvis accent, and he's he's all like I just you know. I got so into the character. Oh, I, I can't get out of it. That's so funny because, like, okay. like, as you've been on this journey with him, I've been on like a oh, 
I think I like Austin Butler kind of journey because he was so funny on SNL. Oh, was he? Oh my god, I have to send you. There's just one sketch. I would. It was literally one sketch where I was like, okay, I'm an Austin Butler fan, like forever. Now, okay, because he was really funny. He played like an old Jewish woman, and it was like. (laughs) It literally killed me. Like there was, it was a, it was a Jewish, a primarily Jewish retirement home. And there was, um, and Sarah Sherman, who's so fucking funny, played Jewish Elvis. Like she was like a, a performer playing Jewish Elvis. <laughs> and like he would, he played like this older woman who was like obsessed with him. And he just kept screaming and like, a ridiculous like Brooklyn accent, like how horny he was. Like it was the funniest fucking. I was dying. I was like, okay, this Austin Butler, he's a good one. I think he's okay. Well, I'm glad but, he was uh, able to shake his Elvis <laughs> accent long enough to impersonate a Jewish woman. But he everywhere else he is, he's like, I can't shake it. I don't know. Um, I've seen so many posts like about this is how he talked in 2013, and this is how he talks <laughs> now. Like his voice seriously, it's, it's like it's it's like The Godfather. Where it sounds like he has like mothballs in his mouth. <laughs> um, anyway, it's really ridiculous. Um, um, so that was like raiding on me, and then it was eerie to like watch like one of the final like interviews with like Lisa Marie at the Golden Globes, where like Austin Butler was being interviewed, obviously because he's up, he was up mm. before, and, and and then won for best actor, yeah, um, in a comedy or musical. I think it was the category, must have mm-hmm. been right, yeah, um, for Elvis, and so. She like was briefly interviewed and she looked like out of it, like just yeah. like like not well. Um, and so then obviously I found her whole passing like haunting. Yeah, because um, there was such like a public. She, she's in the, she was like in the middle of award season, you know. Anyway, right? And she's so young, like yeah, just really young. I mean, I know we talked about this before we started recording, but Kirstie Alley has hit me really hard. Because also, yeah. it's interesting, because in my mind, she was a lot younger than... I thought she was a lot younger than she was. Um, I feel like mm. she was just frozen in time in my head, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And she was such a huge... Like, she was an enormous part of my childhood. Like, kind of akin to our conversation about Rick Moranis. I just feel like she was always around, you know what I mean? She was. She was. And I, I fucking loved her. And the older I've gotten to when I look back, and yes, like Scientology. <laughs> like, yes, Scientology. Yes, you know, problematic political beliefs. But um, entertainment wise, like just as a public figure, I, I just loved her. Like I just, and the older I got, I was just, I appreciated her even more. I was just like, damn, she was so cool. Like in the Look Who's Talking movies, like fucking loved her. Yeah, so that one really hit me hard. It just, it felt like that should never happen. You know, I th- she was one of those people that I just was like, oh, she'll live forever. But, you know, considering the age that we are now, I feel like we're going to have that feeling a lot more often. <laughs> yeah, I know. <sighs> well, on to a brighter topic. Uh, the topic of our, of our episode tonight. I was actually going to text you earlier today. <laughs> And ask you if you still had the clip of yourself from the local news, because <laughs> I, I was like, if I, don't. I was like, if I could pull the audio from that, that would be hilarious, and just like open this episode <laughs> with with like twelve year old Mia, not twelve year old. How old were you at that point? Like sixteen, maybe fourteen. Four. Okay, fourteen. <sighs> Listeners, we've come to it. We've come to our Leo episode. Specifically, we're looking back at Leo's Growing Pains episodes, but this, I think I have a feeling this is going to be a more holistic Leo conversation. 
right? Yeah. It's hard not to bleed into all the <laughs> Leo of it all. Exactly. So Mia, would you like to regale us on, you know, the meaning that Leo had for you in your life? I'm sure we've talked about it in, in some capacity on previous episodes. I can't imagine we've sure. gotten this far without me making some mention of it. But, you know, I was a boy crazy preteen and, and teen. That is like just a fact. And, you know, I started out having crushes on people like Michael Jackson. Um, I went through a big NKOTB phase like Jordan Knight. Like I lived and breathed. Like, oh, my God. Like I just, you know. Wait, can we pause for a second? Because I think we've maybe talked about the Michael Jackson thing. But I'm curious, what era was your Michael crush? Bad. Oh, yeah. My mine was like, yeah, dangerous was like the dangerous era. So like, okay, kind of overlap, a little bit of overlap. I was I was coming out of it by then. It was a very yeah. short. It was very much. I was five. I was five, <laughs> and I had a and I had a dream where Michael Jackson didn't have a shirt on. Like that is what happened. Yeah, I, I the white shirt I open. Naughty, I was having naughty dreams with Michael Jackson with a shirt off. So like, I love it. That was the that, that was my like you know, foray into like celebrity, but just all the, the, the through line, which I think I've also made said before is that every guy, every celebrity I ever liked who identified as a man, like code coded as like gender fluid. Like now that we have more like precise terms to describe like what, like they actually presented as right. Every single one. I mean, Michael Jackson, then I liked, Jordan Knight, okay? Like when Jordan Knight twirls in his in his concerts, I'm like, I'm like dying. I'm like dying because he twirled. Okay. <laughs> like that's that's just the context here. So it's now 1993. I am 10 years old. I am a staunch, like growing pains, like watcher. Not because it was like particularly good, but Mm-mm. remember, y'all, like in the early days of television, like pre-cable and I mean, people like you probably had cable, but I didn't have cable at the time. So I didn't have cable like, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So like I watched the things that there were on TV to watch. Right. And so the days that <laughs> so like you watched what whatever was day, what, whatever day Growing Pains came on, I watched all the things that came on before and after Growing Pains, Growing Pains among them. And Kirk Cameron, I actually thought was pretty cute. Like, you know, he, he was, was He's big, mad he, he was the big male. Big male star of the show. Many of you may also know him because his sister, um, Candace Cameron, was on Full House and had, you know, another successful career as an early child actor. Anywho, so, you know, I'm all loving Kirk, whatever. But it, but it, it was a very muted love. Like, you know, I wasn't, he wasn't like lining my walls with like pages from time. I don't think he was, like, I don't think he was lining. Yeah, he was just like, I was just like, whatever. Like, he was just there. Like, I was aware that he was popular and that people found him attractive. And I just was like, okay, cool. Like, he's someone to look at. Great. And extremely yes. <laughs> the beginning of season seven of Growing Pains begins. And they introduce a new plot like sent like a new plot for the season which is that kirk cameron's character mike siever very much like in the making of like a zach morris right like he's a jokester he's charming he manages to like navigate life as like a hot white man just kind of like being mediocre but like everything always working out for him because he's so fucking charming and um it's such an interesting like frame because like i felt like the the middle-aged version of these men, you know, married with children, name every TV show about a married couple on television. They are always like so unattractive and like just like not well to get not put together. 
But the teen, preteen versions of these boys are always like ravishing, just like so adorable. So I mean, I mean, they always <laughs> alluded to on Married with Children that Al was like hot shit, you know, in high school. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh. Well, I well maybe in a, maybe even if it was just in his brain, but like I just assumed he was hot shit in high school because he was like the football star, or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's like the so, fall from grace. <laughs> this is all a roundabout way of saying. Season seven, Growing Pains launch, season launches. They, you know, they're trying to turn Mike Seaver into like a more serious character um, as he's getting older. And so they introduce an arc where he becomes a teacher at like a local community college. Um, and he comes across a young boy named Luke who's like very precocious, seems to have, you know, Mike, Mike probably sees a lot of himself in this young kid because he's like a jokester in class, but clearly very bright. Um, and Luke was played by none other than Leonardo DiCaprio, who, by the way, like now in the recaps of this season, like this, like the season overshadows like, the entire fucking yeah. show. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes, <laughs> Growing Pains, that Leonardo DiCaprio vehicle. Just like, what? <laughs> there were like six seasons before he came in. Exactly. So <laughs> that's just that just goes to show the acting, the young acting prowess of this young man, because he came on I and mean, he did leave an impression. Like, it be, I mean, I remember being like, Whatever, I'm watching Growing Pains, I'm watching all the main whatever, like, arc, story arcs, boring, boring, boring. And then Leo comes on, and you're like, oh my god, Leo. And I was instantly in love. Like, I was forever changed. Like, I <laughs> died. Like, I died and came back to life as a Leo lover. Like, I was reborn. And, whew, um, so, again, backstory, he plays um, a homeless teen who the Seaver family takes in and ultimately like sort of adopts into the family and you know he's troubled because his you know uh, father was an absentee dad and I can't remember how they explain the mother not being present but essentially from a really young age I think age, his mom's an like, alcoholic or is or am I thinking of oh no that, no that was mom. a stepdad that, that was his step stepdad yeah that was oh, a stepdad oh really yeah I thought Almost, so yeah so Either way, he's like introduced as like an, a, an you know a, a teen in need of some guidance and direction, but he has a you know good head on his shoulders. Like he's a good kid fundamentally, but he's you know just lost because he hasn't had a home, and he's just this young, like attractive, boyish, but also femi, like every woman, every man. Like he just like he just looks just. I don't know. He's like captivating on the screen at 12, which is also fascinating because you fast forward 40 years and it's like, oh, like, it's not really, it's not. Leo today is not healthy. Leo, Leo has lost it. Leo has lost all the luster. But at, you know, when he was 14, 15, he had it. And so that was his, that was like one of the launch pads of his career. Um, and I'm happy to talk more about growing pain since that's the focus of the episode. But just to give you some more like background on his early career arc. He then went on to sh uh, feature in films like This Boy's Life and What's Eating Gilbert Grape. These are all like films that he um, like, you know, these are all films that like had like top notch talent in them. I mean, he was getting paired mm -hmm. up with like Robert De Niro, Johnny Depp, Juliette Lewis, else? Juliette Lewis, like prominent actors at the time. Um, but he was still like all the characters were like still like, a, like more boyish than meant to be like. Um, like romantic lead and then in 96 it all changed because he was cast as Romeo Ooh, brutal brutal Romeo. Romeo. Romeo 
Romeo, 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 Romeo in Baz Luhrmann's take on Romeo and Juliet. So it was like very stylized, fucking like, iconic. Like this was fucking- also like so. Baz Luhrmann had um, he had one film before that, um, Strictly Ballroom, but that flew a lot more under the radar. I feel like this was his big like splash studio you know I mean? splash budget big behind the shit. I mean. We were all you like, know. who is this director? What is all this shit? These, this like bright colors, this pop music, this quick cutting. Like, I love all this shit. It was great. Love it, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And he was paired with another early upstart actress that was getting her start at the time, who's now obviously just a mainstay now in everything Claire Danes. And so I, I mentioned all this because, you know, the Romeo and Juliet, like, film as I think what put him on to like the public's radar it was like his pre-titanic like splashy teen love mm-hmm. interest debut like now he is covers of magazines covers of 17 covers mm-hmm. of ym cover you know name a name a teeny bopper magazine he was on the cover of it with all of his pretty glory and I was amassing my own private like fucking vault of like every possible clipping of this man ever in existence like I made my parents, I'm skipping ahead a little bit to the Titanic years, but I made my parents bring home every paper every fucking day because I clipped out every, every, if there was like a blurb. That's the other thing, blurb, no internet. No if internet. If there was a blurb that said like Leonardo article on page 36, like I cut out the thing that said like Leonardo blurb on page 36, like I was psychotic. I also recorded every like five to five second to like 10 minute thing that was about him which was by the way every day because of all the promo yeah because all the promo around the films he was in at the time so it was all very chaotic all i have to say when all that was happening i was very territorial because i was like bitches i have been loving this man since 1993 y'all newcomers y'all latecomers to this leonardo dicaprio party by the way i'll never never forget i called i used to call him dicaprio like when i like did you really when I got to middle school, holy I was shit! Like, I was I was laying claim to him, and I was like, ah, so like Leonardo DiCaprio is mine. And Diana and Logan were like, "You mean DiCaprio?" And I was like, "I don't give a fuck. Like Leonardo DiCaprio is my man." I want to call um, him that from now on because that's like sexy, and that sounds like slightly Brooklyn. You know what I mean? I mean, I was just no like, Leo like DiCaprio on like like Garrison <laughs> Avenue, like. <laughs> yeah, so I was calling you Leonardo DiCaprio, but anywho, turns out he actually is more German than Italian. It's like he's, he's a wonder. He's got, he's, you know. He is a wonder because, and we'll go back to this, but especially in these episodes of Growing Pains, he's giving major native New Yorker vibes. He's giving major, and Growing Pains, like, big question mark over my head because it takes place in New York. Like, they live on Long Island. And Mike Seaver teaches Long Island. Long Island. And Mike Seaver teaches in the city, which like what? Like, the show does not feel like that at all. Except for yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. It give it, he gave them the And Leo, show, by the way, was like York. was like born in LA. All right. And so right. He, he was definitely putting on an accent. He right. definitely was like, let me get into my Long Island sensibilities. He's wearing a backwards Jets cap. On the show, yeah. he is giving yeah. Garretson Beach realness. He is giving Garretson Beach Irish Italian beach rat realness. If beach rats so, had been made back then, he would have been in it. Totally. And so, 
I was just territorial because I was like, all these bitches out here, like, oh, you know, like, you don't know, you don't know. I am Mia Luke- DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't know the early Luke love of it all, okay? And that's actually how Logan and I really bonded, right? Because like Logan's Aww. also territorial, right? She likes to be like a she first sure doctor of like every she fucking sure thing. Is. And so we were both like, <laughs> we loved him when he was Luke. All you late bitches. Anyway. <laughs> so loved him loved him loved him i'm not sure where to go next i mean i could talk about this all day i mean jesus i'm like sure i mean where, where, well, do, I, where do i begin i, I, would, where do I, go? I would personally like love to hear so we're talking about the arc like let's complete the arc so first of all i feel like the peak of the arc is when you made your appearance on local television like on local news and yes. then maybe post titanic it starts to like descend I don't it know. definitely does. I can't oh, even really point yeah. to anything after Titanic where I'm like, I have to see that because Leo was in it. That didn't well, happen. Not, well, let's be, no, let's be fair. The thing, the, the thing that brought me to the television, I was I was once on all of your television screens. If you lived in New York City, circa 1998, in March. WPIX. <laughs> yes. I, I was on the Channel 11 News. So if you were watching, <laughs> you know, Seventh Heaven that night or, you know, I don't even know. Buffy, like, you know, mm-hmm. shortly Roswell. thereafter. I yeah. Shortly thereafter. Well, Roswell hadn't, hadn't debuted. Roswell, this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I, I then came to your television screens because I was featured on the 11 o'clock news after I cut school and my aunt sanctioned this trip. And she, because it was like, if you're going to cut school, you need a chaperone because my parents are like so overprotective that it's like, you have to cut school in a safe way. <laughs> that's hilarious actually in hindsight like what anyway (laughs) so i cut i cut school with my friend logan and we stood outside in the cold um for hours at the zigfield theater because that's where the premiere for leonardo dicaprio's post first film post titanic which was the man in the iron mask was was um premiering and you know they brought on a bunch of you know as they do at every premiere they had a bunch of little interviews with you know Jeremy Irons and other actors, you know, he was he was still on the high of Titanic. So although there were like definitely more accomplished actors in the cast, all the buzz was about Leo's of course breakthrough everything. I mean, could you imagine they asked they asked Jeremy Irons to like opine step aside, on like, <laughs> to, like to opine on Leonardo DiCaprio's talent, right? Like that, like that happened. Like right. that was a thing that happened, and Jeremy had to, with straight face, just take one for the team and right, and say just be like, "I'm shit. British," and like, <laughs> and also I've been acting forever, and I've been like... acting literally forever. I will be acting forever. I'm still <laughs> acting now in the year 2023, the year of our Lord. But I, but I, but I will. I, I, I understand. I understand. But I will be reserved and speak about Mr. DiCaprio. Oh, I'm sorry, exactly. DiCaprio. Yeah. So he, uh, so you know, they, they asked they asked various actors in the cast to like comment on Leonardo's like budding talent, and they interposed it with like teeny boppers like me in the audience being like, "We love him! Oh my god!" Okay, so you know, you got to picture the scene. It's a pretty diverse crowd, but honestly, there aren't that many black girls that are like you know there. Like, and the camera ready, person's like, like that one, ready, ready, ready to throw their panties like <laughs> at the screen. So, yeah. you know, so that, that woman knew a story when she saw one, you know? She was like, that girl, that's the girl. She was fucking out of her this mind. This little Nubian princess. <laughs> Let me call her little out. Nubian princess. I had pimples. I had pimples. I Didn't had braces. I all? had rubber bands, okay? I had rubber bands. Like, I am I am speaking with such fervor and passion that you can see the rubber bands in the corners of my mouth. 
holding Little my teeth, my, my, <laughs> holding my broken orthodontics needing teeth together. Okay. <laughs> and anyway, so they ask me questions. They ask me if I consider myself a DiCapriette. And I say, yes, I love him. They then cut away, you know, again, Jeremy. It's kind of cool. It's actually a cool clip because it's like, Mia, Jeremy Irons. Who else is in the yes. movie? Like, <laughs> it's like Teeny Bopper 1, Mia. Like, Jeremy Irons. Like, Teeny Bopper 2. And then cut back to Mia. Um, and then they asked me how much I love him. And I said I wanted to be the mother of his children. And wasn't and that the end of the segment? Like, yeah. Did they yeah. decide to end I want to be the, I like, I I want to be the mother were like, of his children. They were like, we can't ever beat that. Like, <laughs> we, can't, we can't rise above that. There's no way. That was such like, a precise wanting, you know? Like, right. I was like, I was like, I have to be the one who has his children. You know, I must like, carry on the Leonardo DiCaprio scene. He's, I know it's a dream I can still realize. It's still, the the cool thing, the cool thing is that the dream that I can still make happen. Like that is a great thing to end on. We'll end on that note later. A note of hope. I can still parent (laughs) these children. Do you want to at this point? Do I want to have a multi-millionaire's many children? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Joe would actually be like, all right, just like come back. Like, We'll figure it out. Well, Joe, we'll figure it out, baby. We'll figure it out. But I still think the babies are his, you know? They just they just have, like, Leonardo DNA. Anywho, they asked me all these questions. I said I wanted to have his children. And, um, again, like I said, a lot of people didn't have cable at this time. So a lot of people were watching. Like, more people than you would think. Like, that watched. Yes. Definitely more viewers than you'd have on any local news to, today, right? Yes. And so... I got home and, and my mom had my mom and my dad were already getting phone calls from like their coworkers being like, No, they weren't on TV. I now, love my that. dad always always a staunch supporter, thought it was the coolest shit ever. He was like, My daughter's on television. Ah! <laughs> my mom was like, This is my worst nightmare. My daughter's on television. You know? Because I mean she thought she thought she could not she get over what I said. She thought she thought right, she thought like what I said was just like so beyond the pale. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, our parents grew up in like the 1950s, okay? Yeah, so, like, to be know. fair, yeah. <laughs> it's a different time. It's a different time. Very different so times. My mother was my mother was living. Her friends thought it was cool. She was just being sick up the butt about it. But um, then at school the next day, we went to a school that had 4,000 children, okay? 4,000 children. And random motherfuckers I think were it was, coming up. I think even... freshman year, it was 4,200. Then, I love like, that you have the precision on that number. Because I remember. Because like I was like, damn, this place is crowded. And I was like, let me look up the statistics. I want to know the numbers. And it was basically like, oh, this building was uh, built to house 1,800 students. And there's 4,200 that go here. And then I remember. Yeah, they had, a, they, had, they had us on shifts as a result. Like, we all had school at different staggered. times. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. I also remember, so freshman year, we had like over 1,000 students. I think we were like the largest incoming class ever. And then mm-hmm. by the time we graduated, like 200 students had dropped off, like transferred, whatever, because oh, okay. um, we were we ended up like 800 something. You, you have mad precision about this. This is a weird thing. That I, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I think that I do remember. I do. I do. I do remember the so eight. Anxiety, so much anxiety. <laughs> Well, I, I do remember the 800 number as, like, the denominator for our class for, like, things like class rankings yes. and, like, our, and, like, the number That's of kids why. graduating. I, I, do, I do remember that. Um, but anyway, our class, our school had 4,000 kids, and kids still knew me. They were like, you, you're that, you're that, you're that crazy girl. And it was, like, random people. You also, you also have to remember, like, and, and Caitlin's laughing because she knows. Like, 
Like Brooklyn kids are like bold. Like they will just They're talk so to you. Like, bold. There's no ple- there's no pleasantries. They'll just talk at you. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And so I would just walking in the hall and be like, you're the girl I saw last night. You know? Like it'd be like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like like no introduction, like, hi. I thought I saw you on the news. No, that's also like how they would talk to teachers and shit. Like we were yeah, we were so like familiar with the teachers in a way that was like inappropriate. Yo, you know? miss, yo, miss, yo, miss, yo, I'll miss. be there when I get there. Yo, miss, no. I'll be there when I get there. I gotta go, I gotta go run an errand right now. I'll be there when I get there. Like, Dude, like, just- I mean, this is a total sidebar, <laughs> but like in the, the, the few years that I was teaching, I taught um, college now. So I was at a South Brooklyn high school. So I was teaching South yeah. Brooklyn high school juniors and seniors. And they yeah. were like, they were mad familiar with me. They would just be like, yeah. are you dating anybody? Why not? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah. eat your bagel and shut the fuck up I had to teach you about film history fuck you <laughs> yeah so all this to say everyone was watching the Olympic Rock News clearly because everybody had something to say the next day I love um, that and, and you know what I felt no shreds of embarrassment that's how that's the other thing it's really important to name like, people but that's were you to, people were trying to mirror like back to me no, this is specific to my love for Leo. Like, there are things that, like, oh. I look back on and I'm like, oh, that was embarrassing. Like, I'm not, I have no embarrassment about it now. I have no embarrassment about it then. Especially then. I was like, yeah, I was on TV. I said I love it when I was a baby. That's right. Like, because I'm dope. I hope the message reached <laughs> Thank you very much. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what was happening. I was like, oh, my God. You were writing he the might, fan fiction he in might, your head. He might, he might see yes. this. Yes. yes. <laughs> he yes. might pluck me out of obscurity and come right. find me. <laughs> and want to have my babies too oh my god you know and I was nervous about the interracial element of it all right like I thought if there's anything that's going to hold us back it's like our interracial oh, nature our that's love. what you were nervous about not the fact that he was like literally the most famous fucking person on the face of the earth at that time <laughs> oh my god oh i was so in love i was so in love it's so fucking stupid so yes but it's interesting that it, it came on with such an intensity like i'm telling you it's unhealthy like i i've already said it multiple times in this episode but like i just like every piece every artifact every clip every news article magazine article like i had it inventory and i was like not haphazard about it like i was organizing it like i had binders and book and shoe boxes full of like carefully curated everything and vhs tape upon vhs tape of every clip and 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 because he was on so many things at the same time i had a system like i wasn't doing my homework at night like i'd be like all right tonight logan i'll watch two four and seven and you <laughs> were you get- like highlighting the the tv guide like okay like this is no like- we just i mean we just knew he'd be on these things. like it wasn't um because you know, was like it was things like entertainment tonight like it wasn't like you could like know oh, okay always yeah. like exactly but it was yes. just like you know but you know but some of the things like when he was on the night when he was doing the night show Oh um, yeah, like the, the late the, the, night, the night show circuit, right? So like we had to split this up. It was like, girl, you take four, five, and six, and I'll take seven, eight, nine. It was just craziness. Right. And like, and some of these clips were like five seconds long. It'd be like, okay, they said he's gonna be on after the commercial break. Okay, so I'm gonna record that, and then I'll flip to channel nine because I think he's gonna be on that one next. It was just like, and my parents indulged it, and they indulged it. Like they brought home multiple papers every day because I was like, I'm not fucking around. Like you better, you're, you have one job, parents, one job. Bring me my Leo. Bring me my Leo every fucking day. <laughs> and how my dad didn't 
And what well, the crazy shit is, when I started college, I've told this story before, I started college and I was doing shopping for my dorm room decorations and I bought a dirty dancing poster and my dad flipped out because he thought my, like, the walls on my dorm room were giving too much, like, white love. He wanted more, like, he wanted more, like, positive representations of black love. And I'm like, first Your of all, fair. is the melanin. Excuse yeah, me. Fair. Fine. <laughs> he wants to see a bat. He wants to see me. I just really enjoy picturing your father. Like identity affirming <laughs> images of love. I I, 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 I I, think that's a noble goal. It's beautiful. But I'm also like, dad, did you miss the last three fucking years of my life where I had you running around town? Like getting me pictures of white boys? Like what? Like did you where miss were the you then? Years? Did you miss the DiCaprio years? Like what is happening? <laughs> and, and even more embarrassing, the thing I put up on my wall was dirty dancing. Like I've been living that since I was four. Like where have you been, dad? Where have you been? Anyway, so all that to say, it came on with such an intensity and then it was over like i mean i didn't even like that movie the man in the iron mask like i watched it because nobody was like, did anyway. nobody it was terrible that. it was bad and then and then what, what, what must have happened after that like i actually don't even know what happened to his like filmography really? I think he meant so to I, be- I seem to remember a film called the beach i remember that yes he was trying yes. to do a bunch of weird shit um okay so because, fair so yeah he didn't want you to actually are spot on Spot on, like the man of the iron mask. Then there were some quiet years. There was only two, but you know, in that part, when you're on, when you're on such a sprint, like that can feel like a long time. So yes. it feels like there was a two year period of like not anything. Well, you know, he did Marvin's room around the same time. No, Marvin's room was before. I feel like it Marvin came Trim out was, before Titanic, right? It came out before Titanic. I'm sorry. And so then he did the beach. You're right. I, I mean, you know, honestly what happened was that we went to college and I got a life. Cause like, right, I, right. I stopped, I stopped following. Like he did catch me if you can. I didn't see that. He... I did see Catch Me If You Can. When uh, Catch Me If You Can came out, I went to see that in the theater with my mother. And I still remember when we were leaving, my dad was like, oh, what are you going to see? And my mom said, we're going to go see Catch Us If You Can. <laughs> anyway. He was supposed to, he, he was supposed to be uh, he was supposed to be an American psycho and he backed out. I didn't know that. What? He was supposed to play Patrick Bateman? Yeah. Ooh. I... I'll be I honest, like correctly. I'm exactly like I'm glad. I'm glad that didn't happen. Like Christian Bale was pitch perfect for that. Agreed. Yeah. Um, then he began. Then role. then he started his uh, long love affair with Martin Scorsese. Oh, will um, it ever end? Will it? Ever but honestly, at this point, end? at this point, like I, I didn't see Gangs in New York, but like if I had, the draw would have been good. just like. The prestige nature of the film, like not Leo. Yeah, at that and he point really, uh, frankly, like I remember what I remember from that film is him getting lost because fucking what's his face is like so, you know, Daniel Day. Oh, Lewis Daniel Day Lewis is like such yeah. a fucking acting force to be reckoned with, and his role is so like larger than life in that film. That and that's exactly that's exactly what's kind of started to happen for him. So I guess maybe what right. happened, right? It's like it's like he was pitched as like the next thing coming. Right, <clears throat> but like that means he was getting put alongside like these like acting heavyweights that like we're gonna continue to overshadow him for some time because like they are who they are, and so he kind of got lost in that fuzz for a little bit. Um, I did really yeah. like that movie where he plays the mental health patient. What film is you that? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, 
He plays in a film where... Oh, my God. We skipped Basketball Diaries. We have to make a hard Well, I know. I, I was aware of that when it was <laughs> happening, but I was just like, all right, we'll go back to it. We did oh, also address it when we talked about fear, but we didn't... We, we talked about that briefly and through a Marky Mark lens. So we got to talk... Right. We and we did, do, to, we did do we our little impressions. Back. We did do them. <laughs> we did. We're we going to bring them back. Ah! Ready? I'm sick, Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we gotta go back and cover Basketball Diaries because that was again pre Titanic, pre um, Robert uh, Romeo and Juliet. Well, it's, it's, let's it's, go back to it now because we're talking about like his his acting, like, and I feel like that yeah. that film is truly like the shining example of like his potential as an actor. Like when I well, think that's exactly about it, like that was his best performance. It was movie. his. It was his early. It was his early. It was his early roles where he actually was given a chance to like show all of his acting chops, and then there was the large budget, big prestige budget era where, given his like popularity and his draw to the box office, like he was getting put into these other types of roles where he couldn't really, you know. Like, yeah. put it all on this split. Where even though if the performances were as strong, which I don't even necessarily know I would say, uh-huh. they were just lost in the milieu of all the other crap that was going on, right? Anyway, back to Basketball Diary. Sorry, we have to really hit on this because this is one of the strongest performances of any actor ever in a film. Ever. He plays um, Jim Carroll, the, like, poet and musician. And... Uh, Native New York. He's, like, his, like, early... Where were they? Staten Island? No. New York. Yeah, yeah. No, they were they, in Manhattan, I think. They were in Manhattan. <clears throat> so these, you know, young New York kids um, that get mar- basketball talent, like very talented basketball stars that get like marred in drug addiction, like hard drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really get the sense that it escalates like, like, <clears throat> like it's like it stumbles, like, like they stumble yeah. into it. Like it goes from like, we're just having some fucking like after school fun to like, we are hooked and it's debilitating and my whole life revolves around um, narcotics. He was really good in that. Yeah. And, and, I, and then um, I stopped paying attention. Never. Fast forward to the early aughts. Like he started doing these big budget films where like no one cared that he was in them. The Aviator. It's, it's hard to say if it was because I like what you're saying about um, how the nature of the films changed. Obviously, like as his profile got bigger and bigger, because mm-hmm. like Basketball Diaries was like this 90s indie film, which like indie film in the 90s was like genuinely super fucking indie. Like that movie was probably made for nothing, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. But I also wonder a lot if it was also like he was young, he wasn't that trained, because that performance like, and I'm really drawn, I'm just always drawn to performances like this. Like, And it's just the acting that I like. Um, like even the term good acting like which we keep throwing around is like really subjective like some people are drawn to different things but like I'm really drawn to these like really raw almost like uncontrolled like kind of performances where like someone Mm -hmm. is just fucking losing it and there's no it feels really spontaneous it doesn't feel rehearsed it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. it feels real it feels like someone's losing their shit and there's no you're not yeah, like I feel like I'm watching. You're worrying about like your voice, like you're just like, Ugh. like you know. He's in that character. Like He's I feel like shit. I am watching someone legitimately descending into right. the bottom pits of hell of drug addiction, like that and withdrawal. It, yeah, and withdrawal. It was just like such a shit show. Okay, so then he goes to The Departed. Now The Departed, great, another great, fucking good movie, another great, <laughs> great movie, fucking movie, the great fucking movie, <laughs> great, love the great fucking movie. Um, and, but and, but he, but he's already starting to change facially here. Like 
he's becoming a man. He's no longer like a boyish actor. Um, and he's no longer the you know, same. And, 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 and also the thing that's attractive about his performances at this stage in his career is like the acting is, which was always great. is like coming back into like relief as like the like most important thing. Like he's not the boyish, like heartthrob figure at this point. Like he's, you know, getting roles cause he's like a good fucking actor. So Watch The Departed, loved that. But like my love for for Leonardo at this point is like 10 years old. Well, 13 years old if you're going back all the way to Growing Pains as we discussed. But like the height of my love is 10 years old. But like I really could give a fuck less. Like, I mean, I, I didn't go see that movie because Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. I went to go see that movie because it was a good fucking movie. It was a great fucking movie. <laughs> it's a great fucking movie. <laughs> I did not see, I did not see Blood Diamond. Because at this point, I really stopped caring. Like I, like I literally just stopped caring. Like he, his, mm. I don't even know. I couldn't name like the last gazillion movies he was in because like I stopped caring. Yeah. Um, oh, same. I know. Pause. Leonardo DiCaprio, Inception. I'll say that. Oh yeah. That was uh-huh. like the last movie I feel like I saw him in where I was like, oh yeah, like he's a good fucking actor. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's done other great work since then. I just haven't been following him. That's the thing, and like. I don't know like something about his acting just like stopped being captive captivating for me at a certain he stopped point. he stopped looking like a goddess well no i i don't I, <laughs> I think it was less that it was it was more like that like raw like i don't know he started to feel like more trained and controlled or whatever and i'm just like i want to see you like on the floor like drooling like you were in fucking basketball diaries like that's what i want to see and i feel i'll be honest like i feel similarly so like everything that you were saying about your journey with leo and like the media like just devouring on a daily basis and like the magazines and all that shit like that was me with angelina jolie like that was my i was Mm -hmm. like i'm cutting everything out i'm recording fucking everything that she's in i'm like obsessed with her and Gio was like her basketball diaries, like also a story of drug addiction mm-hmm, and withdrawal. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And um, that was that performance was like so fucking raw. And it pisses me off whenever people are like, she's not that good of an actor. I'm just like, I can go back and watch Gia, like watch her early shit. She's really good. And then like over time, it's like it's like that combination of like the budgets get bigger. The movies get like more controlled and like the performances get more controlled. And it's just like. That's that is true. interesting to me. It's just not I haven't thought of her. I haven't thought of her as like an actor in a long time. Right. I mean, granted, like she she pretty much stopped acting like ten years ago or something. Like she's mostly focusing on like philanthropic work in like mm-hmm. the last decade or so, and like maybe directing here and there. But she doesn't really act anymore, which makes me kind of sad. But um, yeah, it's all right. It's all good. Yeah. <clears throat> there was also that 90, <laughs> there was also that film that came out before like. Romeo and Juliet, Total Eclipse. Do you remember that one? That's re- gay shit. Cause that was, and there was gay yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were pe- there were, there were penises. I just remember there were there was There was gay sex in that film. He had an oeuvre really early he in sure his did. career. It was, it was like a tight little indie yep. bubble. It was That's like what I'm saying. Little, love boom, that boom, shit. Boom, boom. Fucking love that shit. Yeah. I watched that shit he probably, all day. He, he probably thinks that that was his best work too. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh man! So are we going to are, are we going are we going to get into the sexuality speculation at all? Wait, there's sexuality speculation. I sent you these. I sent you these podcasts. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I sent it to you over the summer. There's a whole podcast. There's a whole podcast that gets into the blind items 
about Leonardo DiCaprio, and they've been saying it for years that he's actually gay, and that all these models are actually a front, and that he was I one mean, of the first that, people. That makes a shit he was ton one of the, sense. He was yes. one of the first. He was one of the first like celebrities to like monetize the model like beard, basically, and he is the biggest like contractor of the model beard, basically, is how it goes. And that's why, and that's, and so basically he's just the guy on speed dial. When you are an up and coming model, you need to get some exposure. So you like, so you, so you, so you like fake date him for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Please send this to me. I'm sorry that I missed it. If if you did send it, I'm very sorry that I missed it. I can't believe that I would miss that. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Oh my God. But it's a blind item. That's like not a blind item because it's like, it's like Leo is gay. That tracks like. A, a kajillion percent, by the way. No, I know. When you listen to this, you listen to this, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like, shit just hit the fan. Like, they are. Girl, just I'm not gonna sleep tonight. I'm not gonna sleep. I'm gonna listen. <laughs> and it makes so much sense. Like, he's like not settling down. He's like, yeah. What's eating Leonardo DiCaprio behind Beyond the Blind? Oh, oh what a title! What a title! <laughs> um, do you have any more remarks about growing pains? I have a couple. Um, now these apps. Um, I mean, so like we both already acknowledged, like the show kind of ain't shit. Like, and especially rewatching these episodes this time, and maybe part of it is like the luster has worn off a little bit, like because the show's been on a long time. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I didn't go back and watch like early Growing Pains, but um, and I do remember. I'll be honest. Like, I remember when they introduced the the little girl in the late seasons christy was her name like the youngest yeah. sister it was like an oops a baby kind of situation i was like really like y'all are trying to do like the michelle tanner of it all like you're clearly just like yeah. trying to introduce like a cute baby whatever yeah. cute little girl whatever um that's kind of when i fell off but anyway um so we've already acknowledged the showing shit um, we've already acknowledged it takes place in New York and like I never knew that because there was no indication but I have to say do you know what rabbit hole I went down after watching these episodes no I'll give you a clue and the clue is yeah. I think I want a bagel <laughs> oh yes Tracy Gold that's the rabbit hole to go down yes ma'am that's exactly what I did I was like mm gonna watch that tonight and i watched it immediately after finishing these episodes so tracy gold if those of you who don't know she was um she was mike Seaver's sister on growing pains she was the only sister on growing pains right um no they had chrissy later on chrissy that's what i'm okay so the older sister on growing pains hello mm-hmm. um so tracy gold um famously or infamously uh struggled with an eating disorder um, and then she starred in a Lifetime original film for the love of Nancy about get, like basically detailing a fictional story of um, someone struggling with an eating disorder, which, God. So I went back and watched yeah. all that, which was on YouTube, I think. And um, just, man, went down such a Tracy Gold rabbit hole. There are so many interviews with her from that time, like on YouTube where she's like talking about her recovery and shit. I don't know why I have such a fucking morbid fascination with that. You know, it's, that's like one of my things that I kind of like get stuck on and I'm just like, Oh my God, like what's, you know? Yeah. Um, that was actually that, that lifetime movie was like better than I remember it being. Did you actually watch the whole thing? I watched the whole thing. It's all on YouTube. The whole thing is on YouTube. I, I watched oh the God. whole fucking thing. I think thing. I want a bagel. That thing, it was well acted. I That's what say, I'm saying. Like, I, I was... Except for I, 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 I think I want a bagel. 
Except for I think I want a bagel. Like that's what no, it was. Part, which is why I, I think I want a bagel <laughs> is more ridiculous in your memory than it actually was. But I think the choice to like have that be like the I'm cured like kind of moment was kind of ridiculous. Like at the end, it was basically like the lifetime version of the end of My Girl, where she's like, things are better these days. Like just put a bandaid on it. You know what I mean? Like, you've been. Sh- but that movie is really good. It's like really well done. Um, I feel like it it presents the whole. Cause she's like struggling for like the entire film. It's not, it's like this very, it presents a very real, like cyclical, like kind of thing. And it's, it's clearly like not about the food, you know, like it's, it's about other shit. Like it's, it's really good. It's really well done. I will say highly recommend, but I, (laughs) I think I want a bagel. I remember it the way that you say it, (laughs) which is what happens with like literally everything. So I start to yeah. remember the way that Mia reenacts mm. it, which is fun. It's more fun that way. Yeah. I think I want a bagel. A big, I think I want a bagel. <laughs> and, you know, because we grew up in Brooklyn and we had bagels every fucking day, we said that shit every fucking day. Yes, I think like, I that want was a bagel. the thing. <laughs> they also they sold them in the lobby of our high school. They did. Every morning, I ate, I mean, morning. for years, I ate, ate a bagel every fucking day. Bagel with cream. Sometimes cream. I eat two. Sometimes I eat two because I get one like on the way to school at the deli that was at the junction. Then I'd be like, let me support the tennis team. Let me support the soccer team. I guess I'll buy another fucking bagel. Let me support my stomach. Remember, remember they used to serve them in like the brown towel. <laughs> like it wasn't even what like, did you you used a to plate. Do? They didn't serve them in the on a plate. Remember, they used to no. give it to you in like a brown towel. Yeah, like the they brown little, little, like, br- napkin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah they cut they cut it for you, and then you would like put your little cream cheese schmear on it. Schmear. Walking, you'd be walking around just. Yeah. What is like your ideal? Like when you went to the deli on the way to school, like what would you get? What was your bagel order? From the deli. Yeah. Oh, super basic. I just get plain cream cheese. That is super basic. Yeah, I've gotten a lot more, like, in, in my older years, I'm much more like, I want, you know, tomato, and I want, you know. Much more I adventurous. Want a, yeah, I'm like, I want a sesame seed, and, I, you know, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have more preferences. I really love a good, like, honey walnut schmear. Yeah. I love a honey walnut schmear, which is, like, I feel like it's not that common in, like, a traditional Brooklyn deli, but I remember when I started going to, like, Brugger's Bagels. Yeah, exactly. Brugger's, exactly. That's my Brugger's right there. There's one, Yo, there's one, across, yeah. there's one across the street from, from Vandy. That's where I got my honey walnut on. Yeah. Honey walnut. And they had the um the cinnamon sugar bagels, too. Yeah, was, they like, did. Yeah, they did. good with cream cheese. Like, ooh, that was good. Yeah. Was but you good. give me now a good, like, sesame seed bagel, like, Plain cream cheese with some tomato and like really thin, like the long, yes. like when they cut when they cut the cucumber, like we're like the like lengthwise. Woo! Yeah, and they got the little the little thin slices of cucumber. Uh. You, you can even you can even put some red onion in that mix, and I won't even. Be oh my it. god, um, red onion! How sophisticated! <laughs> yeah, that's I very adult. Little, I love a little bagel. You know what? I need to I need to add this to my list. I made up. I've been making a bucket list for this year. My, I'm going to add, find a really good bagel shop in St. Louis to my That's list. That's a worthy goal. And I'm sure. Because like, because I, I will be, I need to start my days with some bagels and cream cheese in 2023. 
You know what you could also probably do? I don't know if you want to go down this rabbit hole, speaking of rabbit holes, but... Oh, and ship them, I know, right? I was just going to say, like, you could <laughs> yeah. use Gold Belly yeah. or, like, whatever and get them shipped from Brooklyn, keep them in your freezer. You're right, pop you're right. Pop toaster, like, you know. Or really do ship it. from BK. You're right, you're right. That's what I'm saying. Or, like, I could ship them to you, <laughs> like, from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Yeah, Emily got me onto uh, the so Emily's order was typically an everything bagel with cream cheese and tomato, which like oof, that shit's good. Cream cheese and tomato, very good. Um, when we were in junior high, me, Jury, Jenna, we would get bagels at Jury's parents' deli. Um, we would get like plain bagel with cream cheese, and then we would take you know the Wise onion rings. Not the Funyuns, like the Wise Onion Rings, which were like smoother and smaller. And we would put them on the bagel with cream cheese and like crush it. It was so fucking good. So good. And sometimes I would put like Doritos on it. It was very good. Wow. We went on a bagel tangent. We did. But it's, it's but it tracks because we started talking about how Leonardo DiCaprio's role on Growing Pains is like this like New Yorker mm-hmm. upbringing. Yeah, he, he's he's also like with the Scorsese career that he's built, he's like aligned with that native New Yorker crowd, which like, bro, you're not even from here, bro. Um, I have a really important from here, bro. <laughs> you're not even from here, bro. Um, Jersey Shore family vacation comes back tomorrow, by the way. Um, I was gonna message you about that. I saw. I'm so many seasons off from like wherever I watched the. Last oh, you time. could catch up really quickly because the seasons now are like, I don't know. You could catch up really fast. If you wanted to. Yeah. Um, I will look into this. My question for you on Leo is because, okay, we've already talked about how, like, he's gotten less attractive to us as he's gotten older. Is there a world in which he could have aged better? Like, what would it have looked like? What would his face have looked like if he had aged in a way that was more attractive to us? You know what I mean? I mean, his features would have stayed softer. Like, everything took, like, a really hard edge. Um, It took a hard turn. (laughs) A hard turn. I mean, everything was, like, hardened. I mean, it's just, like... And it's it's not been kind. Like, like it, it looks like the kind of facial change that happens with, like, hard drinking. Like... Yeah, hard drinking, like hard tanning and shit. Like his skin yeah. just does not look happy. Yeah. Um, so. And I feel like it just looks permanently orange. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. And like whereas and like and like the way his the way um his face has changed, like something's happened like in his eye. In region, the brow. In the brow. In the region. brow area where everything's really furrowed. Um I don't know. I could keep dissecting it. It's just like, oh, honey baby, honey baby, and and you and you know and here's 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 the here's the thing. When he goes gray, he's gonna be hot again. Ooh, you think so? Yeah. When he goes gray, it's gonna be like, oh, like your your steely blue eyes, like all that. You know? I think so. But in this, yeah, he's gonna go like the route of George Clooney. But like when he's, but like in this weird middle aged realm, it's just not working for me. <laughs> All right. What are we doing next week? What's our our penultimate episode? It I don't is 
three ninjas because we haven't done three ninjas yet. Oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. shit. Rocky loves Emily. Well, until then, listeners. Wait, you want to do the, the, the theme song? Show me that smile. Oh, show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. The I don't remember the words. The best is ready to begin. As long as we got each other, we as long as we keep on giving, we Sorry, can take anything that comes our way. way. Baby, rain or shine, all, all the time. We, we got each other, sharing the laughter, love. love. But we don't recommend rewatching Growing Pains because it's not that good. It's really outdated. No. Wildly outdated. No. Okay, bye, listeners. Bye.